0: Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in that glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara
1: Thomas. It's almost Thanksgiving. That means we've made it to the holiday season. I think. I think that's actually... A good thing. In years past, we both probably agree with children, you know, you don't wish the time away. And so when the holidays come around, it's like sometimes you're reflective and, oh gosh, this where did this year go? And I can't believe that here we are again getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. However, this year, I feel like we will have the most welcomed New Year's Eve celebration ever because we truly, in many respects, just would like to put 2020 Totally in the rearview mirror.
0: I am gonna stay up until midnight because I want to watch this year die. Like I want to watch. <laughs> like I have never been so excited. I used to think New Year's Eve, like my dad and I were very odd when people, you know, the the old the Zion song comes on, you know, and my mom is the type that's like excited, like hope, and I always would get kind of depressed because you just worry about who's not gonna be around next year. You know what I mean, like. This year, I am so excited because I want this year to die. It it has literally, it's, I mean, we all know, like, we, it's just the worst. It's like a dumpster fire. Yeah, <laughs> it it's it's changed us in
1: some ways, perhaps for the better, but in many ways, it's made an already tenuous situation with our culture and some of the challenges we have that we navigate from. You know the politics to some of the economic realities of the haves and the have-nots i feel like we are probably even more divided and i don't mean that necessarily in terms of you know how you feel you know an emotional divide i mean it a literal divide because when you look at just right now how differently people are living day to day in different parts of the country the contrast has never been more staggering. I mean, I'm talking to my friends as you are in family in other parts of the country, and it's like in New York, I mean, they've completely reverted back to the way things yes. were in March. Yes. And then here, we have a varying degree of mitigation happening. And so I feel that there are people who are in those bigger cities and in those environments where you know COVID is still such a prevalent day-to-day thing that they know so many people who've died from it and then in the more rural areas there's still a bit of resistance to embrace perhaps some of the stricter mitigation so it's almost bizarre how it and it's we've talked about it before it's a tale of two cities so the life that you and i and our families are living here is so stark in contrast to people across the country And that wasn't always the case. We had so much more of a commonality. And so one thing that COVID has personified is the divide in terms of region, economics, culture, political beliefs, And it's really kind of sad because I don't know that we would ever necessarily be able to bridge that gap because so many people have dug in their heels and said, you know, the way that I'm living is the way I want to live and I want to preserve (laughs) that. And it's become a, you're right, he's wrong, she's, you know, out of her mind kind of judgment. So I don't know how we ever overcome that.
0: It was interesting that, um, you know Noah, the amazing engineer at Pixel Labs. You know we were just talking before um, you got on on the call. This is what it comes down to. People are like, "Well, how did he, how did Bill Murray do it in um, Groundhog Day? Like, how did that whole thing end?" He started being kind to others. He started giving a shit about other people, and that's the problem. We all want this to go away, but we all refuse to do what's necessary to make it go away. We all refuse mm-hmm. to put our neighbor first. So my husband tested positive a week ago. Now, if you remember like the last two podcasts, I was so like, I had that awful cold. I literally yes. had every symptom that they tell you that you're going to have if you have COVID. I tested negative twice, okay? My doctor later said, you probably were a false negative. Oh, okay. So there's that too. There's false negatives, right? <laughs> Didn't know that existed. So my husband had no no symptoms, But we knew our life was about to change. So we immediately pulled the kids, sent emails to teachers, to coaches, you know, Hector calls his work. I have to cancel everything. I mean, we shut down. We could have continued. We could have because nobody ever would have known because Hector has not one symptom. Nobody else has any symptoms. We could have continued, but we didn't because it's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's you know what I mean, is That's it inconvenient? Right. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm Mary freaking Poppins and enjoying every moment in this house right now because it, it the, the load is so heavy right now and it's all on me because my husband is in isolation. And, you know, real talk, we're doing that as best as we can, as best as we can keep him away. So it is now you have a full-time job and you have virtual schooling, which the kids, the, the teachers have been amazing. However, I have a kindergartner. I can't just throw her her tablet and say, "Okay, here's here's your lesson plan, good luck. I have to sit with her right th- throughout right. the day and work on sight words and and do all that." So it's trying to find like it is so heavy here, but that's that is the biggest problem. We've done this to ourselves. We know what we had to do. People choose not to do it. Because, you know, the guy that you, the kid who sat next to you in seventh grade science who failed it, is now on Facebook telling you that he has all the answers and people are listening.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. Totally. Totally. Well, and it's interesting because I know you you called it the invisible load of motherhood. And I do understand wholeheartedly the concept and how it's magnified during the these extremes of 2020. And when you think about how, as mothers, we just get up, you know, put our big girl pants on and do it every day. Only in these more challenged and trying circumstances do you sometimes really see up close and personal how taxing that burden can be on women, especially when we are supposed to be the maternal caretakers and have that sort of domestic instinct. And then in many cases as ours working full time outside of the home the contrast of maintaining that professional demeanor and attitude and we have fully merged the two worlds they've they've collided mm-hmm. and it's it's tough to navigate that because for you your home essentially supporting your children as a stay-at-home mother due to everything happening with your family's health and yet you're still running a nonprofit as an executive director. And so that doesn't end when the COVID diagnosis begins. And I think the part that really has struck me more than anything this whole year that I know you can relate to is, it's made all of our priorities shift to where we say, you know what, I don't have the mental stamina to take on all of these extras right now. I have to try to streamline and cut through the clutter and get down to the basics because that's the only way to stay sane. You have to just sort of cut everything out. And so do I want to go back post COVID and hopefully at a point when we're all vaccinated? Do I want to go back to this world where I'm running around, driving everywhere all over town, going to all of these meetings and doing all these things that now I would prefer to do from the comfort of my office or home on a computer? I mean, I, I don't want to go back to that. So I think we will reflect in years to come, gratefully, on 2020 in that regard to say, you know what, it gave us back the ability to do a better job of juggling all these balls we have in the air and then to draw a line in the sand that people will now respect and say, no, I don't need to drive across town to meet with you, jump on a virtual call and allow me to still stay at home with my, in your case, young children. Right, that's the difference. I mean, I, I actually yes. think that's a good outcome.
0: I am. This is the one thing. The one thing that I am extremely thankful of, Tara, is because if you and I were still working in news, this story would be very different. Because yes. right now, what would happen be? It would be our husbands at home with every single ball in the air, and we're at work probably longer because it was an election year, which a pandemic. Like, and you and I had different rules. You know, the way that the game is now, there are different rules for different people. We weren't lucky enough to have those rules. We would have been at the station probably by noon and we would have been forced to stay until 11 o'clock at night, minimum. We would mm-hmm. not have been able to go home for lunch or for dinner to see our families. So when our kids needed us the most during these uncertain times, because the kids, their anxiety is an all-time high, we wouldn't have been there. So I am thankful that I am able to be at home, my concern, and I'm trying to find my zen, is that there are many days that I don't like the version of me, because my I'm so tired, I'm overworked. Because when you're working at home, it's great, but then you don't have that that stop point. Like I haven't figured out when to like just stop, because the emails I get now are not the superficial ones that I got back in the news. Like in the news, I I got the superficial ones, like where'd you get that jacket? Where'd you do with your hair? What color red lipstick is this? Now I'm getting emails from people who need help. You know, I found something inappropriate, you know, an inappropriate text message to my child. I think so-and-so is um, trying to groom my kid. You know what I mean? I'm I'm getting these heavy messages. So I feel obligated, Mm -hmm. whether it's at 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, like I was this morning, working at 1 o'clock in the morning, because I feel obligated and I have literally no more time. So I'm trying to figure out how to get back to the best version of myself that I am not snapping that I don't resent my husband for being in isolation. Right, right. I'm like, man, he's got a whole, he's got a break. He's got like, well, you know,
1: you Well, just, you, know, you can't take a mental break because when you're on, and I mean, on being engaged in your work, that is because of social media and because of email and that instant we can reach out to Amanda 24 seven. I mean, you are on a cycle where you don't mentally get a break because you don't set aside a point in your... You can't you know, erase what's going on in your mind in terms of your professional engagement. It's an ever-present reality that exists as you're still being a wife and a mother simultaneously. I mean, it's crazy, and I, I am so guilty of it. I was brushing my teeth this morning, and I hear that notification that a Facebook message has come in on the Waterloo School's district Facebook page, and it was somebody... Challenging disagreements over virtual education and how it was being delivered. And I, you know, stopped and put my toothbrush down so I could answer the message. And I thought, right. what are you doing at seven o'clock in the morning that you don't even have the ability to finish brushing your teeth, that you're not interrupted and dropping everything because somebody feels obligated that he or she should have the ability to get a hold of you and get an answer in odd hours. I mean, it, it's just, we've become such a 24 seven mandated society. And yet people always say, Oh, make time for yourself. Take a mental break. You know? But the minute that you don't aren't responsive, the minute that you aren't replying to all those emails that you described, that's when the tide turns and, Oh, Amanda's so self-centered and so busy and so focused on herself that she doesn't have time for the little guys anymore. So, I mean, exactly. you, you know what it's like to balance right that reputation that comes with all of the responsibilities and, and in some cases the burden that you're willing to shoulder to be a voice for people. You know, I have to say, I remember years ago watching Dr. Phil, which I, it's funny that he comes to mind because my son, who is the, com- the comedic relief to his classmates, his current screensaver or his profile picture when he's on virtual learning, when he put, turns his camera off, it's a, it's a shot at a glamour shot of Dr. Phil. So because <laughs> the kid is crazy. And so I awesome. loved that when I saw that because it just made me laugh and think about how when I was young, I remember when Dr. Phil first came on the scene by way of Oprah and the lawsuit with the cattleman. And I Saw an episode once where he talked about his what he and his wife and kids they would have these family meetings and they would talk through problems and come up with solutions collectively and I always remember thinking well gee isn't that leave it to Beaver you're having a family meeting and yet as a parent as an adult I have actually now found myself my husband and, and myself with our now fourteen year old and twelve year old. This year, more than ever, we've had what I would describe as a legit family meeting where we're calling it, hey, kids, come to the living room. We're having a meeting. And they have the maturity now that we have had to navigate and talk through some of what you describe. And I and I want to be honest and tell the other women listening, embrace authenticity and exude mm. sincerity to your children. Don't hide it. I told my kids, I said, listen, Mommy is working very hard at her job, both at home and when I'm out you know, in the office. And I also have a lot of other obligations, getting my master's degree, doing a lot of freelance work. So I said, is it fair for me to take out some of my frustrations and my stress and my overwhelming feelings on the two of you? No. But can you do your part and pull your weight and help mommy and daddy actually have when we're home a more peaceful engaged interactive time with you guys yes so pick up your clothes that you threw on the floor when you got in the shower your dirty clothes put all of the dirty dishes and wrappers that you guys brought into your rooms when you were watching netflix or youtube and put those back in the sink and soak them or rinse them and put them in the dishwasher and unload the dishwasher when we ask you to or take the clothes out of the dryer and put them in the washer i mean simple things And I'm guilty of, I like an organized house, so I am in a constant state of tidying and I end up doing all this stuff for them. And my husband said, you have to stop this because they're going to be in college and beyond incapable of having an organized house. They're going to be slobs.
0: Right. Yeah, that's how my kids are too. They, everybody looks at me like I hand, handed everybody the basket of laundry the other day and it was like I was Shrek coming into the room they were looking at me like what <laughs> like what and I'm like I don't do all of this you know what I'm saying like I'm like I don't I, I don't wear all these clothes these are you and like my my son is very much like me as a child like go clean your room and suddenly he appears with three baskets of dirty laundry when it's really the clothes that I just washed and folded the week before. And he was too lazy to put him away. Oh, you know? totally, totally. So it's it's just like that's where I was losing my stuff. I'm losing my mind. I mean, and like flying off the handle, you know. And we have we're Italian up in here, so we have. I I appreciate a family meeting, you know, a good family meeting. And we we probably do it daily. And the kids now are like, oh my god, what do we have to? And it's you know, I do the same. I I had the same conversation re- recently. Could you guys help, mommy? Do you think it's fair if mommy? You know what I mean. And it's—I hope it's starting to click with the the older ones. The younger ones, though, are still like—I mean, I still have a three-year-old running around who refuses to potty train. And I had somebody the other day, um, a friend of mine who doesn't have children. She was like, "Well, now is the perfect time for you to potty train." Yeah, okay, right on, Rose. Right on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No, it's the worst time to potty train. The worst. Just let her run around. No, I don't have time to clean up pee. I don't have time to clean up pee or other feces lying on my carpet because she doesn't know how to hit the toilet. Like it is not. <laughs> I cannot add one to my plate right now. No.
1: And I loved that video of of your little one with the vacuum cleaner with the attachment oh on the belly of Lucci. Uh, that That's, was that was classic yes. toddlerisms. Yeah.
0: They were literally playing with the vacuum, and my Aria loves playing with the vacuum. Like I, she'll go to work. Like she loves vacuuming, which that's my, that girl is my ride or die. But, you know, putting the <laughs> the vacuum attachment on Luciana's stomach. And that was happening while I was on like a, a Zoom call. Thank goodness there was no uh, video going. But that was my day watching these two and their shenanigans with a vacuum cleaner while I was on Zoom. And like, because there, there's no balance.
1: No, so it's, no. you know, we've talked about work life balance to, and yeah, throw it out. It, it, No, it it doesn't exist. And you have to just say at some point, there's only so much policing I can do up in here. And I have to actually get my work done. And so I tend to fall back on, and my husband has pointed this out to me over the years many times, I fall back on Path of least resistance, and sometimes the easy way of parenting, which is, Oh, you want to be on your PS4 in the basement an extra three hours? Go ahead, because you're not bothering me, and I can do what I want and, and get what I need to get done. And so, he'll always say to me, You know, well, that's us then not parenting as effectively as we could if we're allowing something that maybe doesn't need to go on as long as it's happening out of protecting our own, you know, selfish comfort creature, creature comforts or free time. And so I totally love and respect him for that viewpoint. And oftentimes it brings me to a point where I am more engaged as a result, because I'm definitely the two hands off the every anything goes parent in contrast to his more, let's have a schedule, you need to lift, you need to practice your guitar you need to do. I mean, he is so much more structured and he's not an ex-military guy or anything. It's just,
0: that's how he's wired. And so well, the two a- of us together are an interesting mix. <laughs> well, he's an educator and you and I are creative people. And so creative people, we're different. And like, I'm this, you and I are this actually, we're very, we're the same because I grew up in a very strict household with my mother. My mother was, you know, I'm still afraid of my mom. So apparently that means that she did did something right. But I, you know, or my mom had like this regimen schedule and it was, I was the kid who could sleep over at a friend's house, but on Saturday morning, she was picking me up at 7am to come home and clean. Like, that's why I refuse to clean bathrooms now because I had to clean bathrooms like over and over because she would come in and find something wrong with it. So I think my parenting is kind of like, all right, I'm going to let them, I'm, I'm not so hard on them. So mm-hmm. I've created this myself. You know, so I can't have these expectations. Like suddenly, my kids are gonna, you know, want to be Mister Clean all day, all day long. So I'm trying to like ease them. I don't have big expectations around here. You make a mess, clean it up. That's it. <laughs> and that's
1: fair. And we have to have a balance. And and it's good in some ways when your spouse, the person that's helping the, in this co parenting thing when you have a contrast, when there are differences, right? Because you can help sort of balance out the good and the bad in each style, I think. I mean, I've, I've found sometimes I can be the buffer to say, no, it's okay that they're running around naked, whipping each other with a towel at age 12 and 14. <laughs> 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 he's telling them to stop screaming and someone's going to get hurt. And then I'm still in the mode of like, let them have fun. Let them be kids when they're, you
0: know... Potentially going to hurt each other now that they're weighing like 130 pounds. So (laughs) it's just an
1: interesting dynamic.
0: (laughs) It is interesting. It's funny because when people people will say, you know, well, how is your husband? You know, like my husband helps. Okay. But I'm going to be honest. But when he's not in isolation, I also have to tell him what to do. Like it's not – he will absolutely help not not a problem he is not dead and i'm not saying he's dead weight but the my husband grew up in different circumstances mm-hmm. his mother a, different is a, a different culture his mother's a doctor his father was the general of the air force they grew up with nannies maids drivers chefs <laughs> like so i mean they had some i mean they grew up in a very affluent life. And um so for him, it is different. Like the laundry was always done. And his mom was a a professional. His mom is amazing. But that that's not what he, that's not who he saw. So I'm always like, well, can we live like that? <laughs> can you get me these kind of people? Can we be ballers like that, please? Because I don't like doing like I don't. Like I don't if I'm sitting here like and I know people say, when you have tons of laundry, that means you're extra blessed with all those clothes. I get it, Karen. I get it. But you know what? When I'm thinking about laundry at three o'clock in the morning, when I'd rather be sleeping, or when I'm thinking about all the food that's stuck on the floor, that when I wake up, I'm gonna have to get you know clean. I don't want to think about any of that. Like I, I know that I'm blessed. I know that I'm blessed because I work my ass off to help provide all this stuff for our family. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to clean bathrooms. Oh, yeah. I mean, I no. just,
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. And I and I think we both can be honest that over the years we've been fortunate that we've been able to afford having sometimes a routine of, you know, a cleaning person that can come in and help even. And I and I know that's something that many people would not be able to not just pay for, but would not be able to sort of institute as a mechanism mechanism of support in their life. But part of what we both have said and how we're committed to being better wives and mothers is if we work full-time outside of the home, sometimes that extra income can go toward alleviating our burden at home so we can be more present and be more engaged with our kids. And so finding ways to lessen that invisible load at home is paramount for us being not just good, stable people, but being able to pour into our kids and having, you know, more energy to devote to that parenting. My husband is very hands on across the board. And I knew that about him. And in fact, that was probably one of the reasons that I fell in love with him because he's such a doer and he's like the type of person that if he pulls up and sees, you know, A a big stick in our yard, he would not be able to go in the house until he removed said stick because he (laughs) wants the grass to look pristine. I mean, sometimes his OCD overtakes him, but it's channeled for good because he gets so much done and he's so high energy. So, what's funny though is like my father, he is somebody who does not organize clothes or fold things in a way that I think is right. And so I have over the years had to give him the grace of when I walk in our walk-in closet and I see how some of his shirts are askew on the hanger and his sweats or different pants are stacked in disarray, I let it go and I don't judge, but there comes a breaking point, usually 48 hours in where that's it. I have to redo everything, pull all of the clothes out and refold. Mm -hmm. And yes, I am that person who reorganizes dishes in the dishwasher. Right. I the I way disagree. I do it is the way I want it, but instead of chastising my kids and husband for not doing it how mom does it, I just go ahead and redo it. And so well, that's something that, you know, is, honest, is true for a lot of
0: moms. There's a right way to load a dishwasher and then there's a wrong way. The right way is normally the mom's way. <laughs> like put them all in the same direction. My goodness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So for all of you
1: listening, just thank you for Letting us vent about, yes, the blessings of motherhood that with it bring a lot of challenges and being honest at times, overwhelming circumstances that we navigate with our chin up and we embrace and will someday miss these days when we're running around with full laundry baskets and kids peeing on the floor.
0: Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, I know it's going to look different for a lot of uh, dinner tables this year. A lot of us can't be with our loved ones because of COVID. Um, Just look around who's there and just hopefully you're thankful. We're thankful for you and you make it a great week.